Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another stunning edition of the Enterprise Ian Show. I think we've used Scott's words like scunnered, dreech, have we used dreech, Matthew, Kevin? Three times. Three times. All right, I get the message. Enhance the Scots vocabulary. Enough of that. Because today we are going to be uplifted. Our mood is going to be lightened. We have a fabulous guest. We have a fabulous team. And it's time for... Enterprise, 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 Enterprise. It's the Enterprise Ian Show. Apparently, and this is my story of the week, and it's a prelude to what's going to happen with our fabulous guest, Jackie Breerton. Say hi, Jackie. Hi, everyone. Yay! Yay! And of course, we've got Matthew, Kevin, Mike, and of course me, and sadly no Fiona this week. She has fallen victim to the homeschooling, where basically life has gotten top of her and she's just about had enough, so she wants some space. But never mind, we send her our love and thoughts and she'll be with us again very soon. Tell me a story, it's the story of the week. Um, we always start with a little story of something that's happened round about UK, the world. Matthew, what delights have you got for this? Well, I thought I would just announce that I'm getting married. No, I'm not actually. No, but there were, <laughs> there's a couple... Wow. There's a couple in Cornwall who wanted to get married in just Cornish, no English in it at all, and they were told you can't. Why? Of course, as, a, as an ardent Cornish promoter, <laughs> you must have been incensed oh, for that. I was raging! OK, so it's no longer disgusted of Tunbridge Wells, it's um, incensed yes, yes. from, from Gudrivi. Kevin, what have you got for us? Well, I, my, mine's more sort of a business story about um, Dorcas Media, because uh, today, or uh, this... Dorcas Media, that wouldn't happen to be your company. It was absolutely... So, basically, have we negotiated the fee for self-promotion? Not at the moment, but we're celebrating right, eight, years, eight years, eight years. Happy so, birthday to, to you, me, happy birthday, birthday to me. <laughs> well, happy birthday. Well, you don't look you. a day over 20. You liar, <laughs> liar. <laughs> Mike, have you any stories for us? Nope, nothing interesting out there. Oh. Don't like it. Well, without further ado, um, I have a story, and it's from, of course, the Financial Times, because I'm a you know an erudite host, a man of great intellect, and it was talking about the number of women that are quitting their jobs and careers because they cannot cope with balancing the career, the job and the children. And it struck me as well that, what, 30, 40, 50 years on, women are still shouldering the burden of house care duties, home duties, children, and the blokes go out to work and carve the, 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 the career for themselves. And, of course, what we've got in the corner is Jackie Brereton nodding sagely at all of this. Welcome to the show, Jackie. Welcome. You and I have worked with each other, known each other for uh, a while now. Uh, you are an 
indefatigable champion and pioneer of women's enterprise, but also as well, you took the Grobis programme in East Perthshire and you built it up to an amazing organisation, engaging with people to turn their dreams into reality and start their own business. Um, you were a pioneer of women's enterprise, setting up the Women's Enterprise Centre in Glasgow and more. But... I know very little about your dark past before any of that. So let's go back into the mists of time. How did it all start? I mean, you've run businesses before and the story about the Green Bentley in Edinburgh and the drunken uh, running around was fascinating. Tell us about yourself. Well, thanks, Ian. But just to make it clear, it wasn't my Green Bentley, Okay, I've never (laughs) had a Bentley. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, well, where did it all start? Um, 1982, scarily, um, I'd been working in corporate life. And when my marketing manager turned to me um, when I was working in the Scotsman and said, Jackie, you've got a fantastic career ahead of you in Thompson Regional Newspapers. My reaction wasn't, woohoo, goody. It was, oh, my God, I need to get out of here. So be happy and you know it's like your boss. To be happy and you know it's like your boss. To be happy and you know it, tell your boss to go and go it. To be happy and you know it's like your boss. So I got out of there, um, put a bit of cash together, managed to borrow from a very generous brother and bought myself a little business. And it was simply a rundown little retail shop quite close to where I lived in Marchmont in Edinburgh. And I spent two and a half very hard-working years building it up into uh, a business that could then be sold so that I could buy a bigger business. And that was where it all started. Did you actually plan to start small and then build it up so you could buy a bigger business? Well, I'd always had, bear in mind, I'm in my 20s, Ian, and I was um, always really, I I loved the idea of having a fashion shop, as you do when you're in your 20s and you're female. Um, but I didn't want like a little back street fashion shop. I wanted a, uh, a kind of high street shop. I wanted to be on Princess Street. Now, you don't really do that very easily unless you've got a very large amount of money in Covenant behind you. So I actually bought into a franchise so that I was able to have a shop in the centre of Edinburgh and the centre of Glasgow. What was it called? It was called o- Oasis Trading. And until very recently, its antecedents were still there, as descendants rather, because um, it was called Oasis. How did you find moving from the corporate world to your own? Was it liberating? It was liberating in lots of ways, yes. But I immediately came up against kind of touching on the subject you opened up there with. Bear in mind, I was in my 20s. It was the 80s. Um, I I was coming up against attitudes all the time of, oh, young woman, business, Mm, not sure about her sort of thing. So there was quite a lot of inbuilt prejudice and um, bank managers that didn't really have confidence in women generally. (laughs) Um, Did Did you ever get what a friend of mine got, which was the bank manager saying, and what does your husband think about this? Has he let you, has he given his permission for you to start this business? This is true. Did you ever get anything like that? I think by that time, the bank manager knew me well enough not to say anything about my husband, to be honest. <laughs> Jackie, Jackie, I've got, a, I've got an important question for you. Uh, what was your hair like in the 80s? <laughs> well, it went from um, 
perm. Well, I think most of us had perms at some point in the 80s. Um, to, it, was quite, it was shorter than it is now, actually. Well, it's one of those things. It's, you know, the 80s are back. Uh, uh, your flares. A friend of mine said, always, what's the model of life? Always keep your flares in the cupboard because they'll come back into fashion at some point. Fun and inspiring. That's Enterprise Ian's new book, How to Kick the Employee Habit and Be Your Own Boss. Out now at www.kicktheemployeehabit.com. So was it retailing or was it the business that you liked having? I think both. I actually did love retailing because you're meeting people every day. And when I took on the Oasis franchise in Edinburgh, I managed to poach a few really um, experienced retail staff with a brilliant team there. So it was a mixture of being on the front, on the shop floor and um, doing the business in the background. But you know, the time I really liked best, Ian, and I'm sure you'll all appreciate this, was the month before Christmas. So we we sold this fantastic range of fashion, accessories, jewellery, all sorts of stuff. And what I loved was that month, every day, a trail of men would come in looking helpless, saying, please, please help me. I need to get something from my wife's Christmas present. Help me, please. I'll be dead if I don't get something. How about this nice sack of charcoal for the barbecue then? You're my saviour. You're my saviour. And you could literally sell them anything. (laughs) Anything. (laughs) And then you just wrapped it up and they were delighted. Um, so that was my favourite time. What, what strikes me is that it's kind of almost like you fell into entrepreneurship and just ran with it. Is that true? I mean, I've often thought about why, because I don't, I can't think of many of my family who have owned businesses or been self-employed even. I did do business at uni, but you can imagine doing business in uni in the late 70s. It's all about multinationals and corporate marketing and you don't hear anything. The words entrepreneurship never passed the the lips of my lectures, I don't think. Um, I think it was partly because I'd always been quite independent and just wanted to do my own thing. And I just saw this as as a way forward. I mean, ironically, I'd been working in the Scotsman, which I actually loved. I loved the, I started off in the marketing publicity department. And what I used to do sort of four in the afternoon was go down and watch the evening news come off the print presses. And that was so exciting. I loved newspapers and then ended up selling them in this blooming corner shop. Was it making any money at the time you took it over? The guy that was giving it up had kind of lost the plot. And when we did a stock take for me taking over, we couldn't even get the value of the stock up to £250. (laughs) It really sounds as though you actually love business. I love business. I'm passionate about business. Um, I think I'm passionate about watching other people develop and and what what it does, what enterprise does for people's lives. It's not always good, obviously, but it opens up so much, so many opportunities and the, 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 just that ability to be creative and to be independent and to have much more control over how, what your life actually looks like. Kevin? Yeah, I, 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 listening to your story, Jackie, we, we've got a, a, I mean, she would call herself an entrepreneur now, but uh, she's 95, I think. Um, she set up uh, Plymouth's first ever um, language school, and it was also based on the sort of ferry links between Plymouth and Roscoff. Um, and she it just reminded me of the story when she was setting up her business in the uh, 70s, uh, 60s, 70s. 
Um, and she, you know, the bank manager said to her, Right, darling, why, as a lady, do you want to go into business? I mean, have you asked your husband for a permission for this sort of thing? And it's, uh, you know, she's amazing, absolutely amazing, still working in the language school at 90, 94, 95 years of age. And it's just amazing how, you know, your story just... I guess a lot of women during that period went through that sort of thing. What have you learned about yourself? I think, um, interestingly, when, and I won't go into all of this because we've only got a short amount of time, but, but the, the franchise, after four years of a successful franchise, ended up in, in a legal battle with the head company because they brought in two new directors who didn't want franchisees instead of doing the you know the good thing of buying us all out um, they basically just made life really difficult and made it impossible so we had to take them to court and then they went into liquidation deliberately just before the court case was announced and then they bought it all back for cash and I went through that whole kind of you know pretty hard lessons learned because it was such a um, you know huge amount of effort to to run the business. So in the meantime, I had to make my own living. Um, I had to make one that, you know, I had to earn money. So I ended up in a fantastic job running around in very small planes to the most remote islands and highlands area of, of Scotland, helping community enterprises. And that's when I discovered that I absolutely loved working with other people, with entrepreneurs, with businesses, helping them, using all the experience I had. And learning, uh, learning as I went, because part of this project was taking computer technology for the first time to these little islands. And you can imagine, I was only ever two weeks ahead of where they were. It's like, oh, yes, you want to do a spreadsheet on Lotus. Oh, yes, I, re- I remember that. I did it last week. Did, <laughs> um, you, uh, did but, you have but, Pong on these computers? Did Pong. I have what? Sorry. Pong. 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 What? <laughs> I can't. That's, that's oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's got it. Anyway, back to the story. So you're flying around, and then what happened? So I did that for two years. That was a European-funded project, and I learned a lot about rural life and um, especially running businesses on very small islands. I mean, one of the islands was Fula off the west coast of Shetland with 37 people. Can you imagine (laughs) the viability of living um, that was amazing. And then I got a, a job running a similar organisation in Edinburgh, which was supporting community enterprises, which is still there doing amazing work. And then I was kind of headhunted to start a similar one in Dundee. So all the time, a lot of this was around social enterprise rather than private enterprise. Um, and then ended up running the women's ent- it was the first women's enterprise centre in the UK in Glasgow, which again was um, just an amazing privilege, actually. Was to that to your that. idea or was it a kind of meeting of minds? No, so I didn't, I can't take credit for founding Well Park. Um, I came in as the first chief exec, but the building was already there. Some of the services were already there. And, you know, I just helped to get it going and to expand its kind of um you know, what it did and, and where it did it sort of thing. Let's just actually, because I did say at the beginning, there's lots of women ditching their careers. So what did you see and learn when you were at the Well Park and the Women's Enterprise Centre? Did it surprise you? Did it shock you? Did it anger you? What What did you learn? 
I learned a lot, but I wasn't totally surprised by the fact that women were having to be incredibly resilient and resourceful and more resourceful than their male counterparts in order to get a business off the ground, find the right finance and just get the support that they, they needed, which was where Wellpark came in so, so valuable. But I also learned that the diversity of ideas that women were coming up with, and often there were ideas that probably only women could come up with because they were finding solutions to problems or challenges that they had as women. Like what? Oh, we had somebody inventing, inventing um, things to attach to to pram. Oh, I thought that was going to go somewhere. You might remember. You might remember a certain young woman called Michelle Moan who <laughs> invented a new a new kind of bra. Oh yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> Kevin got interested at that point. I did because I, I met Michelle Moan 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 Moan. I met her in Plymouth, um, and we sat next to each other, and uh, she had all these beautiful rings on, um, and apps. She's a wonderful speaker, but when she's had a few to drink, she was she was very uh, very colourful. But yeah, amazing, amazing business speaker. Actually, have you seen the film? Has anybody seen the film Joy? No. Um, this is, I think this is what becomes really interesting. It's worth a look at. goes on a wee bit long. But it's about Joy, can't remember her second name, invents um, a mop cleaning products because that's what she's understanding, but very talented. And she's one of the first on QVC. But the really good point about this is they give it to the guy, the anchor man who promotes everything on the very new QVC. And he's never used a mop in his life before. And he fucks it up <laughs> big time. And they get no sales. And then she kind of barges into a meeting, which I'm sure happened and persuades them to have another go at it. And she does it this time. And, you know, what was so good about that was she just so naturally because she knew the product, she knew her market, she knew her audience. And do you think many women underestimate their talents? Totally, absolutely. The, you know, it's a kind of cliche, but lack of confidence is one of the reasons that we don't have many more uh, female entrepreneurs. It's not lack of ability, skills, knowledge, it's lack of confidence. And, you know, I think men suffer from lack of confidence as well, but women allow it to to stop their progress sometimes. I was just going to say that um, there was a survey done several years ago in Plymouth um, and many of the women and men that came together, the women maybe, um, you know, they took a great deal of time to actually set up their businesses. But when they set them up, they were they were more successful than many of the men. Um, you know, they thought long and hard about, you know, all the sort of practicalities of setting up a business, but many of them now I work with and the longevity of them and they're amazing. Well, you know, I'll tell you a story. A few years ago, I was explaining how and why people start businesses and it was to a group of empl council employees. I think it was about eight of them around the table and they really weren't convinced. Some of them were interested in business starts and entrepreneurship, but the others weren't. So I thought it would be really useful to put them in a scenario they could understand because it was the time councils were going through restructuring. And I said, so the council does a restructuring and you're all going to be made redundant in two weeks' time. How would you respond to the situation? And I, might, I went round and the first guy was absolutely horrified. He went, but what would I do? Uh, 
oh, and he was absolutely shocked. The next guy said, well, I'm working on an app just now. And I would spend my time developing the app and he explained what it was. And he went on and I went, well, how would you pay the bills? How would you get money coming in? And he didn't even think about that. It wasn't on his horizon at all. The next was actually the team leader, the most serious, seriously paid one of the whole group. And she said, I'd clean. <laughs> and I went, why? She said, because I can do it straight away. It brings me in money. I know there's a market for it. And I think I could build it up before I do something else. And then we went round. Well, it was astonishing for me to go that the most senior executive, the most highly paid executive, no buts about it, are clean, utterly practical about it. And I wonder actually at that point, what suggestions have you got, Jackie, for helping people have confidence in themselves? I mean, what just going through the very quick list. Um, oh, by the way, before we go on to that, three big questions for oh, you. Oh, yes. Here we go. Oh, it's that time. Yeah. The big three. Whoa. Pizza. Thin crust or thick crust? Thin. Uh, toppings? Well, it's got to be dairy-free, unfortunately. So peppers and something nice. With, I don't know. Tomatoes and peppers. Uh, second question. <sighs> Wine, beer, alcoholic beverage or non-alcoholic beverage of your choice? This is going to make me sound so purist. So it's got to be sulfite-free wine, because <laughs> I get headaches otherwise. But I've found a fantastic supplier of sulfite-free wine. It's excellent wine. What's it called? That would be my tipple. And three. Three. I've forgotten what the last one is. What is the last question? Can you remember, Barry, uh, Matthew? Did you just call me Barry? Uh, right, so it's thin Hello? Well, you, you asked the two, you, so you asked for the pizza, what the toppings are, and then you asked for wine or, or beer. I think his connection's kind of gone, though. Like I think stuck it has. On my screen. We've lost him. <laughs> We've lost I, I, I got a real funky-looking Ian hey, we could, picture. Hey, we could do anything uh, now, can't we? So, let's... let's <laughs> oh can, God, can, I just, can I ask you a question, Jackie? Um, sure. If you were going to... Uh, uh, start a business now on the high streets. What would you do? What sort of business in this difficult time? Oh, that's a cracking one, Matt. Because obviously retail is not what you'd um, obviously go for at the moment. But I think if it, if it had to be retail or if it had to be on the high street, I think what we'll see happening are retail shops becoming much more imaginative about how they operate what they have, they'll become meeting places, they'll have really interesting activities going on. So it won't just be about buying stuff, it'll be about going to have an experience. So that would be quite exciting, you know, setting something up. I heard about a brilliant business in Dumfries yesterday that's a combination of a bike shop and a cafe. So it's things like that, you know, combining them, something that people are passionate about, but enabling them to be able to sit and have a coffee and talk about the latest, um, you know, mountain bike ride or something like I that. I can report cool. that like Ian looks like he's back, but he's shaking his head and he's cutting his throat with his hand. So, uh, uh, Mike, I think yeah. you've got a question. Uh, well, it's been really inspiring listening to all these uh, all these stories about, the, uh, about women in business. And, you know, I've had a a little bit of well, how do I say this? I've, I've come across some some cool some cool ladies, but uh, who inspires you the most right now? 
as a woman in business? Right now, it's an interesting one. It's actually quite a lot of our local entrepreneurs, Mike, because I'm so lucky. I'm literally meeting dozens of entrepreneurs on a monthly basis in different rural areas. And you just can't help being inspired by so many of them. My my first role model back in the 80s was Anita Roddick. Um, and uh, her one of her sayings is one of my mantras that if you ever think that you're too small to make an impact, trying to try going to bed with a mosquito. <laughs> oh, I like that because uh, I'm I'm only three foot, so that that really helps me. <laughs> Kevin, you got a question for Jackie. Uh, do you find that women really are more successful in business when they set up a business? Yeah, I think there's a lot of evidence to show that there's more longevity. So you made the point about bank finance um, before, and any bank will tell you that they get better quality applications and business plans from women, um, but they get fewer of them. But if if they invest, they, they're, they're a much lower risk in terms of repayments of loans, etc. Jackie, can I also, I mean, do you find as well, I mean, what has been my experience with some women I work with, they're very strong, very well, very match, you know, matriarch in the business. But do you think women should just, when they're in business, they shouldn't try to be like men. They should be, you know, women in business rather than, you know, sort of getting that sort of macho, you know, the, women shouldn't be men. Absolutely. The best way to succeed in business, whether you're a man or a woman, is to be yourself. And don't try and adjust to what the stereotype or what you think a business person should be um, operating like. I mean, I'm, I, I co-founded uh, Women's Enterprise Scotland in 2010, 2011. And, you know, it's it's just a fantastic... If you, if you go to their site, you'll see that they have... 40-odd women ambassadors. Um, and if you actually look at all their stories and if you ever met any of them, they have succeeded because they have been themselves and they've they've really made the most of their own experience and knowledge and talents, but they've refused to compromise to fit in with somebody else's idea of what they should be doing. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you so much. Now, we've, we've managed to hijack the show from Ooh. Enterprise Inn, and I think that's a great result. Oh, no, no. <laughs> uh, and we've managed to keep it going. And he can't reply back to us. I can see him really cross. He's, he's laughing and he's <laughs> saying, I love you. <laughs> Jackie, look, I'm sure Ian would want you to come back on the show so he can finish off asking the questions that we didn't ask. Oh, totally. So uh, what I will say on behalf of the man who's just let his internet connection get in the way of all of us here. He's, he's not, done. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. And, uh, well, well done. And, and we'll be back with more Enterprise Ian if he can get his connection sorted. You've been listening to the Enterprise Ian Show. Join the club at www.enterprise.com. Right, where where is everybody? You you didn't show without me. Right, there's going to be trouble.